And whoa. Cheers. Johnny Depp is not going to be a fan of this podcast. Oh, because we go after him hard. Yeah. You can hammer home how wrong you are, okay. like you, you did last thank week. Thank you for that opportunity. Don't eat at a salad bar at a Pizza Hut, guys. <laughs> I'm not about to, but why is I, why is that news? And you've done way too much work to look that bad. Yeah. Now, we all know Jerry Bruckheimer loves herself a power ballot. They were like, Lindsay, you're fired. I said, why? They said, because you weren't at work. She sits in a martini glass and kicks her legs up in the air. Let's get real. But Um, she's made herself successful by doing that. Good for her. No. Okay. It's an itch that you want to scratch. Barry Manilow is gay. I don't want to talk about this. Let's move on. This is kind of getting ahead of myself, but I just had to write, I fucking hate Alexis. Regardless of what I have seen, I just said you're regardless. I was gonna come for you. Oh, why did they ever let Jaw Rule and a 25 year old plan no anything? No idea. <laughs> After sitting at my table for four hours and kind of threatening me with a knife, Mel Gibson tipped me like 75 cents. This is Riggs and Rice. Happy, Happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Got her again. Got me again. <laughs> Paul says got me again because we started recording this and we got about 10 minutes into it. And then I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a look at GarageBand, make sure we're doing okay. Spoiler alert. We weren't. But now we are. Yeah, now we are. But so, that's the second time I've scared her, which is kind of insane. I, I wanted to do a happy, happy Halloween. I did it again. And um, <laughs> I did it the first time. She got scared. Um, it's very I, spooky. I made, in honor of Halloween, Wiggleween, maybe mm-hmm. we'll call it Wiggleween. Um, it sounds weird, actually. Wiggleween. Wiggleween. Yeah, I don't know about it. We'll, 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 we'll pitch on yeah, it. Yeah, by the end of this episode, we'll have a title. Yeah. Um, and the one thing that I'm not going to make Lindsay do again, because it was very scary. I had to text my husband um, because Paul wanted me to scream. I was like, can everybody scream but me? Because I can't scream. I can yell, but I don't think like, unless if somebody, even if someone scares me from behind, I do like a, oh, I don't do what you did. Right. Do you want um, me to do it again? Yeah, I want you to do it again. Lin- okay. Listen to Lindsay scream. Oh my God, it's so Pretty scary. good. I feel like since I've screamed twice, my neighbors are going to call the police. Screams are scary. They're so scary. But yeah, I can't do that. I, yeah. can, just, I can just yell. Well, I was, <laughs> I'm going to stop saying I was telling Paul because this is the second time I'm saying you guys it. You got it. Um, but I think that as a, a woman who was once a girl, we... We play scream a lot. Um, I was at my parents' house at, at the beginning of this year, and my nieces were outside playing, but they were screaming. And I looked at my mom and said, "Are they okay?" She's like, "Oh yeah, they're just playing." Yeah, I'm like oh, okay. Girls scream when they play. Apparently, um, um, I have a teeny bit of housekeeping. Uh, last week during our week anniversary special, I gave some shout outs to I thought everybody. And no one has come to me and said, you didn't say me, but I did realize afterwards that I forgot three very important people to me, Jenny Lifson, Brooke Allen, and Christy McRae, who are all very appreciated listeners as well. So I wanted to shout them out. 
Thank I'm you, sure guys. I'm sure I've probably forgotten a couple more people, too, but it was it's the thought that counts, so the, come it, for me. Yeah. Um, so now we've cleared all that up, shall we pop, pop our, our corks? corks? Yeah, I'll start. Uh, Paul has heard my griping. Now, two times over, so I'm going to get to hear it for a third Third time. time because So you're going to hear these very genuine reactions as (laughs) though they're the first time. They're not. They're not. They're not. But listen how good of an actor I am. Okay, go. Okay, so... um, I was sold. What is it? Uh, sold a bill of goods. A bill is that it? Bill of goods. Bill of, that's a thing, right? Yeah. Um, and what I received was not what I thought I was getting. Um, I signed up with my friend Rebecca to go on this quote unquote writing retreat. Your co-host of Boss Bitch, the other podcast that you host, by the yeah, way. Yes. Shout out! I didn't do that the first time. Oh, look at that! He's see, he's finding levels, yeah. guys. This is what real actors do. Nuance. A lot of nuance. Um, and when we got there, uh, we were we were sold the experience was going to be women from around the world who are writers are going to Palm Springs to hang out by the pool, have some cocktails, connect, be creative, writing retreat. What we got was a nightmare. We showed up um, when the mixer was happening. Um, we were told to fill out like a release. We were doing that, and we were handed conversation prompts, um, which are these cards that uh, had questions on them, and we were instructed that we had to ask the question to a person, and they would answer it, and then they would ask us their question, and we would answer it, and then we would exchange cards, and we were supposed to do that all weekend. So basically, we were given training wheels on how to be humans and have conversations. Do you have? Do you remember what your question was? My question was, do you prefer to travel alone or in groups? That's a question I could answer in five seconds. Exactly. I'd like to travel in groups. And why is it alone or in groups? What about like with your significant, with your significant other? Or a best friend? Or, or a dog. A dog. Yeah. I'm, now that I'm thinking about it, probably I'm a dog. Mm-hmm. Um, so once we realized it was team building for strangers, it was a big oh no moment. Um, and then we met the person who put all of this together and were promptly told that we cannot sit together because we were already friends. Um, and then the conversation came up about sexual harassment and this person said that she had never been sexually harassed because she doesn't take shit. If only that information had been available to all these people that have that are coming out and saying exactly. they've been sexually abused by the key to not being sexually harassed is to not take shit. You just got to be strong, yeah. guys. Yeah. Um, so that immediately put a very sour oh, oh, taste in my mouth. And don't also forget, Blossom told us don't be attractive too. Oh right. Oh, the nice thing was. Uh, somebody questioned the person that put this together and said, well, you know, I've been getting unwanted male attention since I was 12. And the woman turned to her and said, well, you're pretty. Oh, oh God, no. Oh, yes. no. And BT Dubs, this person is also very pretty. She's a very good looking woman. The host. The host. And I, 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 this was this was the first impression. Ugh. So we already have the the conversation prompts, which is literally my biggest nightmare. Then we have that, and then we find out that the next day that was supposed to be hanging out, getting to know each other by the pool, being creative. I'm thinking doing writing is scheduled within an inch of its life. It starts at nine a.m. and ends at six, and you're supposed to be in this tiny room listening to people talk all day. Um, and I just decided I wasn't going to do it. 
So I didn't. <laughs> I I did what I wanted to do, which was lay by the pool, do some writing, read a book, and connect with the women who were like-minded there. And I met some friends. I hung out with my friend Rebecca. We got closer. Like then, you know, our friendship blossomed more. Um, so I feel like I made the best out of it, but I do wish that I had not spent the money mm-hmm. for something that I could have easily could have done, done yeah. on my own. Yeah. With the exception of the new friends. True. How would you have met them? Well, Unless I mean, Rebecca it was, was a like mutual friend. His, okay. Yeah. So. Um, the silver lining here. I mean, we had fun. We had a great time. Um, my last gripe of it was we were also told that all meals except for one lunch were included. And they did have like, the dinners were good and there was wine like mixer before dinner. But breakfast was said to be included. You guys, it was the continental breakfast at the hotel. It was, we were told that it was like part of our payment and there weren't even eggs. Well, and the, if they, if this had been a package where the cost of the hotel was, was factored, included, then I would argue that no. No, they could sneak that in. But it, since it wasn't, she just grifted that right off yeah. of the hotel. Yeah. And we split I, a hotel room with three girls and all of us still paid like $280. That hotel is a pricey hotel. Yeah. So. And it was nice, but anyway, I was, I was, I feel like I was sold goods that, were salty and clammy and sour and not ladylike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, duh, if people want to know what this is, I was I I did ask you this last time around. There was another time we recorded this, you guys. We did this before. Yeah. Uh, if if there a lesson that you have learned through this that you would look at these events differently, I would say know all of the information because when I bought into it. It was being said, I have a lot of surprises up my sleeve. And so I was like, oh, cool. Maybe a yoga class. And she's like, I'll figure those out in about two months. Yeah. <laughs> right the week before, I'm going to figure out what those and surprises then are. It ended up just being like friends of hers that were doing motivational talking. That yeah, was, that's not a surprise. No, that's an awful, it's a nightmare. Yeah, that's actually, maybe that's the best thing to get from this. If someone's promising you surprises, well. Know what it is. Yeah. Well, and I don't, no, it's not, I don't want surprises. I want to know I what know I'm exactly buying. I know exactly what I'm paying yeah. for. Um, so yeah, know exactly what you're paying for. Don't settle for ambiguity. Um, and maybe this is something that everybody would already know, but this was my first quote unquote writer's retreat. So, um, yeah, I will be much more careful if I ever do this again in the future, which I probably won't. Um, well, bummer. If you guys want to know, um, what the fake writing retreat is, what the name of it is, you can contact me. I'm not going to say it here because I feel like, that's kind of yeah, shady. Yeah, you don't need to do it that. was my experience. I think a lot of the other women ex- enjoyed it, yeah. but it was mine that. <laughs> yeah, I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, in another personal story where I will not um, outright say the name of the place where I felt I had my cord popped out of my head mm-hmm. um, was an animal hospital. Um, I won't even say in, in the, in the California area, let's just say, because this is also not an indictment of this one particular hospital. After this experience that I had this week at this hospital, I realized this is something that is across the board, a problem with most vets Mm -hmm. and animal hospitals. Um, 
And as many of you know, I am a dog owner. I have my, my little boy. You got a dog? I, I thought it was a baby. He screams a lot. He can scream. He can scream. He can scream. He does not bark. He screams. He has screamed a few times on this podcast. I love him dearly. And because I love him dearly, when um, he is on a walk and starts sneezing profusely and wheezing and trying to catch his breath near a very bushy, like fluffy bush, mm-hmm. you get a little panicked as did sure. happen this weekend. Um, so I have heard, um, I feel like, you know, when you first adopt a dog, they give you like a little pamphlet or whatever. And some of the things I've read about are these things called, I always forget the name of them. Uh, there are these little weeds called foxtails. Oh, right, right, right. And the thing with these, and if you are a dog owner, you should know about these things because they are dangerous and they fly off of bushes. They go into the nose and the, the way that they're like kind of pronged, they, as Ugh. the dog inhales, they go deeper and deeper into the nose. Why? I know. Like, do we need these bushes anymore? No. Like, they're not even that cute. Um, so the first thing I did, I got him home. He's sneezing and coughing still. And I, um, I called the hospital and that's problem one is like, I know that you're trying to get me in there. Yes. But before you put the high pressure sales pitch on, is there any way you could just answer some very simple questions, which to me was, um, is there a possibility that this things pass or, um, is there any way to know if this is getting deeper that he would act a certain way? And then I finally got to, okay, if I bring him in, will you be able to assess if there's a problem? To all of these questions, all she said was, you would have to make that decision. That's, That's not an so answer. Unfair. That's not an answer to any of my questions. You're just telling me that like the only way you can do anything right now is if I come in and even at that, you have to make that decision. No shit I have to make that decision. You think Duke's going to run over there himself? Like, no. yes, I know I have to make that decision. Can you give me any more information right now? Can and the you answer give to that some was, sort of like symptom? Nope. Nope. So I bring him in for a 120 appointment. And at roughly two o'clock, <gasps> no, we do meet with the vet. Um, and he sits down. I talk him through what happened. At this point, Duke has stopped sneezing. Like, I actually think he's fine. But of course, like the brief Googling I did was like, oh, no, there's a there's a hole in his brain already. And it's going to start leaking out. <sighs> this his is ear. all making my stomach hurt. Um, so he gives him a little breathing test. He takes a piece of glass and puts it under both his nostrils. He's breathing fine. He then looks into the nose with a light. And it says, like, I can't see anything in there. So I'm like, oh, we're on a good track here. This was worth the 60 bucks just to sort of get a... mind. Yeah, no. He tells me to be... At, and, and doesn't even say it with, like, a tone of, I know this is going to, like, probably not going to be what you want to hear. But he goes, next step, I think, is uh, we're going to call in uh, our surgeon. I was like, our surgeon? What are you talking about? He's like, he has this amazing laparoscopic camera that can go in through his nose and then also through his mouth to make sure that we are completely free and clear and his pathway is open and there's nothing in there. And if there is, he's got another small tool where he will reach in and surgically remove whatever is blocking him and he'll be free and clear to go. But we just established that he's breathing fine. That's not enough. He thinks this dog... To be absolutely certain, because these things are crazy, we need to do this. And I said, well, I would love to know how much that is going to cost. And they said, well, we will be right back. And I said, I'm sure you will. So at this point, they leave, um, and they go out for another 10 minutes. And then just the technician comes in and says that um, the surgeon is available to come in. And at this point, I'm like, I'm sure they had the surgeon on the phone. who's probably on like the eighth hole at some golf course being like, this is what it's going to cost to get me off my golf course right now. What he told me was that it will cost anywhere from three 
thousand <gasps> to thirty five hundred dollars to do this Shut procedure. Your mouth. And without a beat, I just said, I can't pay that. I like laughed. I said, I can't pay that. And so he was like, he just kind of nodded and looked at me. Now they're just dealing with this as like, oh, we totally understand that that happens. You know, like this is a lot of money. But he was just like nodding, like, wow, you're a horrible dog owner that you're not going to do this for your dog. So I said, okay, I need to know from you what is the best case scenario right now. And he's like, well, with these things, it's hard to tell. They can often burrow up into the nasal nasal cavity, and in doing so, forms form abscesses and pus. That will drain out and he'll be bleeding from the head. And I was like, I said, best case scenario. But if you. <laughs> there, it's, it's incredible that they're assuming that this is just what's happening. Yeah. No, he's just like, Ugh. I mean, there was no way he felt like me walking out of there with my dog was he's like, we need to get our Caesar Milan with his honey. I shrunk the um, kids machine to go into your dog's nose and like do battle with this fox tail that's like hanging out of his nostril. Same. I was like, no, we're not doing that because thirty five hundred dollars is not money that we have to spend on this. So then he says to me. Well, just so you know, we also have a plan here for low income people. He called me low income people. I said, it is not a low-income people thing. $3,000. $3,000. You wanted me to pay $3,000 to put a wire in my dog's nose. Duke is fine. He has stopped sneezing. He is breathing normally. He's okay. They did call today to check in. I was like, of course you did. Oh, and as I was trying to leave, too, he's like, well, I'm going to sign you out. And he puts down the, the like what they've done, essentially, and it's the visit. And they're, they want to give him an injection for his nose that would soften up like any irritation he might have. I was like, I'm down with that. And he's like, we're also going to do a 20-pill antibiotic and a 20-pill antihistamine just in case there's an infection. I said, no, you're not. No. If there is an infection, we have a much larger problem to deal with. If that thing is in his nose, like we'll- a 20-pill uh, antibiotic is not going to do anything. <sighs> so you're adding on shit right now. And the antihistamine, no. We don't, I'm not putting my dog on allergy medication right now. Like that's not what happened. Something went up his nose. So take those off and he, he's looked at me he's like okay is this better i was like bitch yeah yeah it is better because you're doing what i asked you to do <laughs> oh. lunatics so um it's all good it all worked out but i just would love it if that like that's an animal and the people that work at the front desk can have and i know that they probably deal with a lot of people that if they were to say oh you know what things are probably going to be okay give us six hours and then something were to happen they'd probably freak out but there's got to be something in between where it's not like it's not come in upsell 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 and then when you come in I don't really know what else to do for you except a $3,000 surgery yes there has to be an in between there's ways that when we have something go wrong to us they're like well you're going to need to do this and here's Here's the first step yeah we don't need to go from zero to three thousand yeah Immediately. One time I took Chunk in just for a checkup, like get his shots and stuff. That bitch wanted me to test his thyroid. I'm like, girl, I don't even test my own thyroid. (laughs) No, this is not happening. Oh, oh, wait, there's one more thing too. Um, The reception area of a vet clinic is like Saturday night on Hollywood and Highland. It is so intense and weird. People, uh, we as pet owners are weird. Of course. But like pet owners are fucking crazy. This one guy went up to the receptionist, another man, and like they were just talking and he goes, I'm usually not this forward, but does the does my friend here have a boyfriend? Like saying this to the guy. I was like, oh, go ahead. And, and Duke is losing his mind barking because he hates the vet. I grabbed his mouth and held the shut up. I was like, you shut the fuck up right I now. Need I need to, to hear, hear this, this right now. <laughs> 
And they proceeded to have the most elaborate conversation about their sex lives where the what? Re- well, the receptionist said, I'm, I'm actually in a couple. And he's like, oh, okay. Well, what's, what's the, what, who's your boyfriend? And he was like, well, I'm actually in a partnership with two other men. Oh, he's in a thruple. He's in a thruple. But here's the interesting thing about his thruple. The thruple that he's in, the other, the couple is a long-term couple that just doesn't have sex anymore. So he's like the sex puppet. Oh, he's the gigolo. He's just the one that is, I mean, maybe not just the right. sex, but he's like, he's there to have sex because they don't have sex with each other anymore, which I didn't know that that was a thing. Uh, it takes all kinds. And here's what's crazy is that the guy that's hitting on him says, well, I don't, I don't judge. I don't judge, but I could never do that. I was like, well, you just judged. Right. Um, he goes, but for me, I'm not really into sex anymore anyway. I've got um, super high mileage. And then proceeds to say, in in the 1980s, I went to New York. In the 1990s, I went to Houston. Oh, is that a thing? And then in 2000s, I went to San Fran. I checked my boxes. I said, this is getting very, very risque for the vet's clinic Seriously, right He has super high mileage, so he doesn't need to have sex anymore. I was like, Creeper, you're fucking hitting on the receptionist. Exactly. So clearly, you you're need to have sex. trying to get something off. Yeah. And then there was another woman that told me about how her daughter's dog got run over that very morning. Okay. And so I'm like, oh, God, is there a dog in here that's been run over? And she's like, but I'm actually here with my other daughter, whose dog is like hacking up something right now God, and it's like, like over you three station. are the hocus pocus sisters and you need to find your way out of here like yeah anyway long story long hope you enjoyed it the best i loved it <laughs> um i have two quickies we might be doing the same one i have a uh, another long one it's probably not yours probably not maybe um i'll do my quickie then you can do your longing and then i'll do my other quickie okay um so maroon five's new album title are you are you aware of what it is? No, but I've recently gotten back into Maroon Five, so maybe I'm not going to be. Well, whoever does, um, whoever said that this is a great album name needs to realize what the fucking Red Pill is. Oh no! It's called the Red Pill Blues. Do you know what the Red Pill is? It's like it's it, a men's right. Sorry. Right, but maybe he's is he trying to? Oh no, it's not. There's no way this. No. I don't. I saw that that was the title. I was like. Is Adam Levine some some men's rights whack job who just named his? I don't understand. I want somebody to ask him. Is, are we sure That's, there's no way it could be like blues about the fact that the red pill is a thing? Do you don't you think that's kind of deep for Maroon Five? But he is singing with like everyone right now. I know Kendrick album. Lamar was Scissors his first. On it. Listen, maybe he's just completely unaware that the red pill is has in a lot of circles a bad connotation. But aren't there consultants who I look know. at But I was just saying this weekend, do you remember when Justin Timberlake had a song called Take Back the Night? No, you said that to me. Yeah, yeah. I was talking to you. That's yeah. right. We actually, yeah, we talk a lot, <laughs> don't we? He had a song called Take Back the Night. Nobody told him. No, uh, just, and it's not about that. It's, it's about, about like, like going sexy. back out and like having a good time. Yeah. People need to just talk Run it by to, us. Come to us, pay us some money. We'll tell you. Barely anything. We'll just be like, yeah, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Red Pill Blues, do you know what the red pill is? What are you saying with this? That's my biggest question. What What does this mean to you, Adam? Mm-hmm. And Ergle burp <laughs> in the re- in the other Maroon Five, um, Maroon Four, I guess. There's 17 people in Maroon Five. I swear to God, if you Google Maroon Five right now, there are 100 people in that group, and all they have is is Adam Levine and a beat. So I don't know what they're all doing. I have no idea. There's so many people in Maroon Five. I did a quick Google. I didn't look at any images because <laughs> um, I I heard on something that that was the name of their new album, and I was like, certainly I heard that wrong. 
Then I did a quick Google, like I said, and I did not hear it wrong. It's the Red Pill Blues. For those of you who don't know, the Red Pill is a men's rights group who... It's it's um, they love the game. If you're familiar with that, which was some fucking cheese ball. Who what was his name? I can't remember. But he. It's all about emotional manipulation to make sure you um, get have as much sex with women as there possible. There was a show on VH1 right when I started working there called The Pickup Artist. That's who it was. So yeah, he like used that game book to like fool women into sleeping with him. Yeah, it's all about emotional man- manipulation and how. Men, um, men's roles in society are being taken away from them. Their rights are being taken away from them. And that does sound, well, yeah, it does sound like he's like bummed out that he can't be a chivalrous gentleman. Ugh, barf. Adam. I like that. There, one song that he has out now, he has a few of them, but he's got one with SZA that is really, really good. It actually just so happens to be on the Wigiversary mix, which I haven't talked oh. about yet, but it's a perfect opportunity. If you guys have Spotify, Oh my God! Go oh to our God. website, and you'll find a link to our latest hot playlist called Wigiversary that we made to celebrate being on the air for one year. And there's a really good Maroon Five song on it. Um, but he might be a pig, so we don't know. know. We don't know. Um, who? So I mentioned I'm not going to say anything about Kevin Spacey, but I have to just say I'm not saying anything about Kevin Spacey because <laughs> I feel like it's all been said at this point. Everyone yeah. knows he was a pig. He's always been a pig. It's what we say every week. And now he's trying to be like, but I'm gay, so it's okay, right? And that is the thing that I can't talk about because, like, we all knew that, too. But the fact that you put that cute little tweet together and made it all one cohesive thought does a lot of disservice to what being gay is. Absolutely. These things are not aligned. You are predatorial and potentially, one could argue, pedophilic. Is that a word? Yeah, it is now. Uh, And that has nothing to do with you being gay. No. If you happen to be gay, congratulations. Save it for another time. This is not the end of time to make that No, we're not going to shower you in rainbow flags because no. you're using it no, no, to no. try to detract from some gross shit you did. To a 14-year-old when be you doing. were 26. Yeah. Uh, and also, Netflix has canceled House of Cards. I know. Which is crazy, and I give them major props because that is a huge moneymaker for them. And... I do wonder if like maybe it'll come out in a week that's like, actually, we, we thought about it and it's Robin Wright's show to run now or whatever. And they're just going to like have him get hit by a bus in the opening oh, scene Oh, that would something. be so great. <laughs> that would be awesome. Because she's the one, I don't watch the show, so I can't spoil it, but I do feel like she's taken on a huge role in the show. So why don't we just make it Robin's show sure. to finish? And I would watch her. I, would, I haven't watched any of the other seasons, but. Yeah, Kevin's going to have a rough go for a little while, but tough shit. Anyway, I wasn't talking about that. What I am going to talk about is the Kathy Griffin-Andy Cohen feud. Oh, (laughs) I heard the beginnings of this. John was telling me about it. It got real, real interesting yesterday. Really? She put out a 17-minute video. Do you know about this? Yes, and she looks straight crazy in it. Well, she is acting straight crazy in it. Now, there's a lot that I'm going to try to unpack here, and... I have to start by saying I've never been a Kathy Griffin fan. She calls herself a comedian. I don't think what she does is comedy. I think she tells personal stories that are filled with juicy details, and people love juicy details. That's true. It's why you read like salacious memoirs, but that's not comedy. There are not jokes in Kathy Griffin sets, in my opinion. It's like I honestly have never seen a Kathy Griffin set. I would be curious to see what you think of it. I don't feel like it's comedy. I think it's mean-spirited. She's like a gay icon right. that I've never really understood. So that's the precursor to how, getting into this. I don't really like her as a comedian. Mm-hmm. 
Um, she starts this by saying it's the, the headline of the video is I, if you have 17 minutes to spare, I have a hell of a story to tell. It's not a story. No, it's a slew of accusations that are essentially tied to Andy Cohen making a bitchy comment. This all started because Andy Cohen was asked at LAX if uh, he was going to apologize to Kathy for taking her. She's doing uh, New Year's now with Anderson on CNN. Oh, okay. Are you going to apologize to Kathy Griffin for taking her spot? And Andy, in that moment, just turns it into a very bitchy moment to do the um, Mariah Carey. I don't know her. He's like, I don't know her. And the guy he's pressing is like. It's Kathy. You know Kathy Griffin. Like, you used to work with her. And he just keeps, like, floating. I don't know her. I don't know her. I mean, that's kind of funny. I found it funny. I could see a lot of people finding it, like, annoying. If they don't like him, I like him. Sure. So, anyway. But this is all based on that video. She comes out and she's like, I need to say my piece in 17 minutes. It does not... The one thing that it does do... I'll wait till the end for that. I'm going to tell you what it doesn't do. (laughs) It's not organized. It's a bunch of just like accusations out of people from Jeff Zucker to Harvey Levin to people who have worked at Bravo, many of whom I know and have worked with in the past and are good, decent people. And she just keeps asking them, why didn't you protect me? Why didn't you protect me? So Andy used to be her boss when she was at Bravo. Okay. She did uh, Life on the D-List and she did... Oh, right, right, right. And she did her talk show. So she keeps on saying, he was my boss. He was my boss and he was deeply misogynistic, she said in a tweet. So, but nothing that comes out in her video speaks to him being misogynistic at all. Mm-hmm. She, so... She wants Andy to own what he did, and she wants the women who were complicit. And that was, as I mentioned, was Lauren Zelaznik, who was the head of Bravo, um, a bunch of other people. They're not even worth mentioning their names because she just keeps saying, why didn't you protect me? Why don't you protect me? But there's no thing to be protected from except this one bitchy comment now. It's very unclear. You can't come out and say, ask for protection when you don't have anything specifically to be protected from. No, she says she went on watch what happens um, in later years. And Andy offered her Coke once. Or okay. twice, actually. Both times offered me Coke. Can you imagine? I've been on Jimmy Kimmel and they would never do something like that. He offered me Coke, which he's come out and denied. But even if that's the worst of it, All what you are say you is saying? no. Yeah. He, he didn't force you to do cocaine. No. You and she also doesn't even work make in the entertainment like industry. And uh, she also says that fashion police, which she worked on for like a week and I then left because it was a disaster. Um, she said that the executives, these same executives formed a coordinated attack against her on that show, and that's why she left. Because, you know, when you're an executive at a network, the one thing you want to do is attack the person that you've just spent millions of dollars to put on a television show. You want to attack That's how that works. But then again, there's still no details of this attack. It's just everything is like such insane paranoia, and she seems a little bit troubled, but it's also very frustrating because she's mentioning a lot of people who are good people and I don't think deserve to be like, I think they're going to get lumped into what's been going on and very much like, like it's not a witch hunt right now with Weinstein. I'm not saying that. Right. But there's a climate right now where like an accusation can turn into something. And if you are going to accuse someone of something, I would like to know what that thing is. Like you're not accusing anyone of anything. She even says at one point she slammed, this is an accusation or she would label it as such. Andy um, is keeps saying he doesn't know me, but he has two Emmys from my life as a D list that are for me. His are fake. Mine are real. It's like, girl, you know what you just did? You just t- you just said that every network executive or person that has been a producer on mm-hmm. on a television show doesn't deserve the Emmy as much as the person who's the face of it. Right. Gross. You wouldn't no. be there without them. And again, this is what she does. This is her bit. She goes and she like rants and raves and points fingers and makes fun of people and then wonders why no one wants to work with her anymore. And to me, the most unfortunate thing is it's very clear that she's trying to capitalize 
on the watershed moment that's happening with the sexual harassment, with the Me Too stuff, to try to get her career back. Um, and all she's doing is looking like a bitter fool. Like, this is not the time. There are no. too many other people who are probably going to be lumped into your, like, crazy harpy group. Right. Like, and actually things have happened to them. And I do not, like... Kathy, if something has happened to you, if Andy did something to you while the, the thing she said earlier on too was that I, I did six or seven seasons of my life on the D list. How many times do you think Andy came to set? Twice. Girl, do you know how happy I would be to work on a television show where the network executive yes. never shows Stay up? Stay away. Why is that? Like, what did he do to you? I don't get it. I don't understand. And I have to also say that I have worked with Andy Cohen and I have had nothing but positive experiences with him. So I took a picture with him once and he smells really good. So Kathy... No, not this round, not the last round, and probably not any more to come. Yeah. Stop playing the victim. You aren't it. No. And I I would agree that maybe her career shouldn't be over because of that Donald Trump picture. Right. And actually, thank you for saying that because that was the, and I said at the beginning, I was like, there's one point that she makes at the end of this that I was like, girl, if this was your point, this could have been a two minute video. Yeah. And it was, she comes out and she says that she is touring the country touring the world, and she is on three different no-fly lists because of that video. That is fucked up. That yeah. is fucking crazy, and you should not be in that position right now. What you did could have been done by any number of people, yes. and you are definitely being treated differently for it. That's your point. It's not Andy's fault. It's no. not Harvey Levin's fault. It's not all these Bravo executives. Like They didn't do this to you. You did this. You made that video. Yeah. You shouldn't be treated this way, but that's that's Donald Trump's organization. Go after them. Like yeah. This is not Andy Cohen's fault. No. He made a nasty bit at you, and it kind of worked, and that's what <laughs> bugs you <laughs> the most. That's true. He kind of landed like, it. Oh, that's funnier than anything that I'm going to do. That's it. Um, So my other real quick quickie is Taylor's new video. (sighs) I really, Taylor's new album to date is just, to me, a disaster. Um, Vulture posted Taylor's new album so far is a scrapbook of pop sounds right now. And I think that that is Mm. so accurate. It's like she's throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks. And this new video for um, Are You Ready For It? It, There's so much going on, but it is nothing. It's... Someone referenced, is she referencing the Scarlett Johansson movie Ghost in the Shell? I was like, if she is... That's a terrible (laughs) choice because that that movie, rightfully so, was accused of whitewashing. And Scarlett Johansson doesn't even reference that. She's like, don't talk about that movie. Yeah, please, please don't. It was a mistake. (laughs) Um... There was one theory on BuzzFeed that I read that was uh, dark Taylor is old Taylor or is the is the Taylor that the public sees her as. That's the outside Taylor? The outside Taylor okay. and the one in the cube is Taylor, the real Taylor who's just trying to be herself. And so that was her killing her public persona so she can finally be free. Um, which is what. so bloated <laughs> and so fucking, again... Just, uh, I don't know. And why are we still like, uh, that's why I'm kind of like at this point, I thought the first video had its moments. I still didn't necessarily love it, but they were like, okay, there's some clever moments there. At this point, Taylor. We get it. Well, let's just move on to the next thing. You've established that there's a dark, there's a dark new Taylor here. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe there's another message to be made because I don't want to focus on what, what is Taylor saying anymore? Like what is the, what is the deep dark message? I don't care. No. And honestly, if you feel like the public looks at you in one way, I don't know, maybe stop taking yourself so seriously and 
try to have fun instead of instead of always. Well, that's the thing she used to. The victim, yeah. She used to have fun. That's what my biggest gripe is overall. Is that I have not. I 1989. I've said this. I think before is not my favorite album. You're of hers. a red Taylor. I'm a red and prior. Like her, I liked Taylor as a singer, songwriter, country skewing female musician, and mm-hmm. she's now a cyborg whose arm turns into a knife and breaks yeah. out of glass. Like that doesn't gel. No. And I wouldn't like that for anybody. Like no. that's the thing. I mean. This is not, I, yeah, it's directed at Taylor because Taylor's doing it. But if Gwen Stefani showed up doing this too, I'd be like, Gwen, what, what is are you going doing? on, girl? Yeah, I agree. So I think it was a big garbage fire. We'll see what the gorgeous video's like. I don't know. I'm, I have very low hopes for this album. It's just, it's a bummer. But, it's a real bummer. Um, so I have a special segment this week in honor of Halloween. Gotcha, again. That one really like sent a shiver down my spine. It's a real quick quiz and Lindsay. Okay. I have the top 10 most beloved candies served at Halloween as oh. cited upon or pulled upon by Forbes magazine. Okay. What I'm going to do. Of all time or of, of right recent? now. Okay. Like if you were going out for Halloween tonight, these would be the candies you'd want to get. Got it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put them head to head. And see if you can tell me which one ranks higher Ooh, than the other. Okay. Okay, you ready? Ready. Sour Patch Kids versus Butterfinger. Butterfinger. Correct. Butterfinger. Good oh. job. All right, one for one. Twix versus Kit Kat. Oh, Twix. <gasps> two for two. Yes, I love Twix. I, you know how I eat a Twix? I'm going to tell you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I... Eat the caramel off the top first. I used to do that. And then I go back and eat the cookie. Yeah. I don't know why, but that is just the way that my body needs Twix. I used to do that as a kid. I've grown up since then. I eat a whole. Listen, I'm still a kid at heart. You are. <laughs> All right. Number three, M&M's versus nerds. Mmm, M&M's. Three for three. Girl Damn, knows I her know my candy. candy. Kitty cat candy. All right. Skittles versus Hershey bar. Skittles. Four for four. I'm so good. Can she get the final one? Ooh, pressure. The hardest one, because this is the number two and the number one Halloween candies. Snickers versus Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Reese's. Correct. I am so good. Five for fucking five. Happy Halloween. I feel so accomplished That is really impressive, because every single one of those was, it was like 10 to 9, Eight to seven, six to five. So, so these are, close. they were adjacent. Wow. And you got the most popular one. I guess I'm the tastemaker. Guess that means you get all the candy that you want. Oh, that's so nice. So, yeah, it's a little quiz and Lindsay for I you. I enjoyed that. Good. It's not a first opinion. It's a second opinion. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna do a quick little dear Abby for Halloween. So fun. Um, why don't you give me a year from 1991 to 2017? I'm gonna say 1999. We're going back to 1999. Now, for those of you who haven't listened to Second Opinion before, um, we take a dear Abby question that's been asked from a long time ago and we try to answer it first and then once we answer it we read what Abby says and sees how cl- sees how close we see we how close we get all right so I'm just going to read you a couple headlines you tell me when to stop complaint about women who don't drive touches raw nerve Ooh. overeaters find support they need among sympathetic peers for harried shopper's wife it's the money that counts okay let's try that or distraught ex-boyfriend show signs of a stalker Ooh, better. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Dear Abby, 
What do you do when your daughter's ex-boyfriend continues to call you and ask for information about her personal life and activities? After two years of dating, Anna ended the relationship. There were vast differences in their maturity and goals, and she had been unhappy for some time. Our family always welcomed him into our home, and I think because of this, he feels that I'll sympathize with him. I have told him that I cannot and will not give out information that is no longer his concern, yet he continues to call. He cries and tells me how much he loves her, that he cannot live without her. This is beginning to frighten me, as I have seen him driving down our street <gasps> late at night with the headlights turned off. Oh, God. He is not a teenager. He is 24. My daughter insists that he would never harm her, but his denial of reality makes me very concerned. Signed, a worried mom. This is juicy. Well, what do you say to her? <sighs> Dear worried mom, apparently I have a cold suddenly. Uh, God, this is hard. I would say you have to put your foot down, say, do not call here again. I know you drive down the street. I'm sorry, but this isn't working out. Um, and if you call here again, I'm going to have to call the police. Short and sweet. I like yeah. That. Yeah. I don't know if I have that much to add on that. I agree. Um, the only thing I might say to her though, is that like, it seems as though the daughter's a little apathetic to it. Yeah. And I would say it's worth warning a conversation with her saying, you know, it might not be a problem for you, but it has become a problem for me. He's calling my phone. So I don't want you to have to, but you need to get with me on this. And maybe we both need to like send yeah, him a letter to together, or be, but like, let's handle this together and make the daughter have to deal with this a little bit too. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Dear worried mom, the next time he calls and cries, tell him that the signals he's sending out are not those of love, but obsession. Oh, that's dangerous. Uh, Abby. I don't know about this. Tell him that he has been seen driving by with the lights off and okay. it's not a sign of devotion. It could be considered stalking. Explain that you're concerned about him because his behavior isn't normal, and if he's unable to accept reality, he should seek professional counseling. If he persists, consider getting caller ID, 1999. Oh, yeah. And notify the police about the drive-bys. I'm worried that Abby's going in real strong on that call to the bother boyfriend. She was just like, call him a stalker. Yeah. (laughs) Tell him he's obsessed, (laughs) and he's a stalker. And it's not a good look. (laughs) Not cute. Wow. Abby went like, you know what, girl? I don't have time for this. You got to yeah. get this handled. Well, she does need to get it in check because True. Yeah. that's that's some scary shit. But I don't know. I feel like you have to deal with those kind of like lunatics with kit gloves a little bit. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. Well, we were you got you got it pretty much. I had a thing about the daughter. Abby doesn't even give a shit no. about the daughter. She's like, fuck your daughter. Yeah. Um, this is what you do. Um, Want to throw out your troll patrol? Sure. Okay. Oh, Um, so I was looking at a brunch spot that I was going to with a friend this weekend. Um, and I noticed this, um, this woman who is throwing out reviews with low stars, um, Damask Cafe, we're going to call her TC, writes, it's a one star review, one star review. Wish I could give zero stars though. I honestly did not like Damask Cafe at all. I was so eager to try it because I saw their menu had gyros. Gyros, however the fuck you say it, but I was disappointed. So to start with, the place is small and looks like a hole in the wall. Staff was extremely friendly. 
I got the chicken gyro and honestly hated it. I hate pickled vinaigrette. Wait, are you being honest though? I love the honestly. Honestly? Honestly. Honestly, I hated it. I hate pickled vinaigrette and pickled anything, but that's what it tasted like. I'm used to those authentic New York ones and compared to those, these are terrible. It may just be me personally because I've read good reviews, so don't let that discourage you. I say try this place out for yourself. Food is reasonably priced though, which is always a plus. I just don't think I'll come back. If you think that it might be your personal taste... Then why'd you write anything? Don't write anything and don't give it one star. Yeah. So then I was so happy to see that Jamal D. of Damascus Cafe oh, wrote yes. her back. He said, hi, I'm so sorry to read your review. However, given that more than half of your review consisted of positive things to say, Ooh. it hardly <laughs> seems warranted nor equitable to be given a single star, especially since you've only tried one thing on the menu and based on your one star off that, that doesn't seem very fair. Get her. You're also fallaciously... Fallaciously? Yeah. Comparing our um, our food to ones in New York, and we're not in New York. That's an incredible generalization. With regard to the taste, we don't put any sort of vinaigrette vinaigrette on our food. Lastly, I asked my son who was working when you came in, and he remembers asking how the food was. To which you said everything was good. If you had an issue she with has the receipts. food, yes, she does. <laughs> if you had issue with the food, you could have stated so to him, and he would have whipped you up something fast and on the house if you had voiced your displeasure. That offer still stands. Not done. Yes. I implore you to reconsider <laughs> the acerbity of your review, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Oh. Thank you. Oh, yes, oh. yes, yes. That should yes. be that should be printed on like a wall and like framed for posterity because that is exactly what Troll Patrol is all about. Yes. It's like you don't have to do this. If you are upset, you can say something in that moment, and Absolutely. it will ninety five percent of the time be remedied. And if it doesn't, then, then come write to the yell. review. But my God, and on ninety oh, percent of that. her review was so everything's nice, mm-hmm. reasonably priced. I wouldn't I even just tell you guys. Like it. I would say you guys should go try it yourself. Well, you don't say that when you put one star. Up. Exactly, you're not saying that. This is a two star review for Doe and Arrow. Is this the same woman? Yes. Oh, you're you're gonna see a trend. I saw all the cool photos of Doe and Arrow and was excited to try it. Upon entering, the two girls behind the counter were so friendly and nice. This is a two-star review. Honestly, they were probably the best part of the place, and that's why I'm adding a star. It would have been a one-star review. I sampled all the edible cookie dough flavors and got the loaded brownie one. So she sampled everything. She sampled all of them and picked the one that she liked best. (laughs) It was good until the third or fourth bite. It just got so overwhelming. It wasn't that tasty. For me, it felt like it was a good moderate it was good in moderation only. It cost about four dollars for one scoop, which would be the same as ice cream, but I didn't think it was worth it since I didn't enjoy it at all. The inside itself is super cute and the aesthetic with two little photo props. It's colorful little joint and great to take photos. I just <laughs> wish it was it was more and had something tasty I could take away from it. Disappointed. She doesn't understand that just because it's not her taste does not mean it's, she gets to write a very small star review. And then the one that brought me here was for, if I can find it. Oh, she 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 reviewed Steak and Shake. Do you want me to hear oh, this one? Oh, what she got to say about my favorite? 
Steak and Shake is loaded right across the street from AMC in the Little Plaza, so it's a pretty nice area. The location itself was clean. Service was good. Everything was just okay, honestly. This is a one-star review. I ordered the spicy chicken sandwich, and it was all right. The sandwich itself wasn't anything special. It was pretty basic. Like you, girl. Yeah. I reg- what do you want that chicken to do? Right? It's a fucking chicken Do sandwich. a dance? I regret getting it and should have gotten one of their original burgers. The meal yeah, did come right. with fries, and they were thin shoestring fries. I'm personally a fan of thin fries, so I like them. But again, nothing special. <laughs> the whole meal was about $8, so it's not too expensive. I just don't think it was worth it. I'm not Why? sure if I'd go back. Why wasn't it worth it? It's $8. It's $8. You were perfectly fine with it. You didn't hate the chicken sandwich. It no. wasn't the best chicken sandwich you ever had, but you're not going to get for $8. No, you're at Steak and Shake. Dumb bitch. And then, so this is the review that got me looking into her profile. <laughs> this woman is so... Weird. Okay, it's for Eat, which is in North Hollywood, and this is the last one. Two-star review. I'm giving two stars solely because I'm not impressed with Eat. I got regular buttermilk pancakes with powdered sugar because I wanted something basic. (laughs) 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 The pancakes weren't terrible. Well, it says the pancakes weren't table, but they weren't amazing. Honestly, I've had better from IHOP. They tasted normal and kind of bland. Not as great as the other places. For a stack of three, it cost $8.99, so not bad, but... Uh, they weren't worth it for me. The service what is amazing. What is worth it for this bitch? I don't, and apparently she she orders something basic but wants it to be amazing. Right. You just said it was something basic, bitch. Yeah. Their service is amazing. I forgot the name of the gal who helped my friend, but she said she was so helpful and kind to us. The inside is small, but it wasn't packed at all, so that was great. Parking here is a pain, an absolute pain. In front, there's two-hour parking available, but it's hard to find them, and there's always traffic on Magnolia that makes it waiting for one difficult. <sighs> I luckily found parking on McCormick. So you found parking. Four-hour parking meters, which isn't bad, but made sure you remember how long you paid for because I, I saw parking enforcement several times throughout the day. Wait, but bitch, it's four-hour meters. Just fucking feed it. Yeah. You don't have to worry about yeah. it. Yeah. Overall, I'm not ru- ruling out going to eat again to try other stuff on their oh menu. Oh, my God. But I don't want to go anytime soon. I wasn't impressed, but, but I wasn't fully unimpressed. So maybe I'll go back eventually. I want to beat her over the head. Isn't she crazy? With a cowboy boot. Yes, I would like to see that. What the fuck? I don't understand. I didn't read any of her Where's positive she from? reviews. I feel like she's from Diamond Bar or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> the way you said Diamond Bar was so... She's from Los Angeles, California. Yeah, she's not from LA. Mm-mm. Nope. That's like... Um, remember that Sex in the City with the scrunchie? Oh, the scrunchie. She's not from New York. <laughs> what? Huh? Oh, nothing, nothing. What is our table already? So that was uh, Miss TC. Wow. Bringing in the goods. Bringing in the goods. Total coups. Yes. Um, shall we flip our vigs? Let's flip our vigs. It's time to flip your wig. All right. Um, can I start? Yes. Because actually one of my wigs is kind of a cork, but the experience was so fucking awesome. I'm going to give it a wig. Okay. I saw Boo Medea too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Which I have to say, I've been calling everything from Boo Medea two to Medea Boo two to <laughs> two Boo Medea a Medea Halloween. The actual title is Boo two a Medea Halloween. Oh, I like your title better. I know, Boo Medea two. Yeah. I saw it last week. Uh, my friend John and I went to see it together because we enjoy a Tyler Perry film and how Listen, atrocious they are. Live your life because I, I am 
endlessly fascinated by how bad Tyler Perry can make a movie, and he just keeps lowering the bar. It's mind-blowing. I don't get it. Have you seen any of his movies? No. My foray into um, uh, the Tyler Perry oeuvre, one might say, mm-hmm. was Why Did I Get Married is the first one I saw, I okay. think. And Why Did I Get Married is terrible, but is very... Um, like watchable. Like okay. you sit there and be like, oh my God, this is so bad, but I'm totally into it. So it's like love actually. Kind of, but not nearly as good. Got it's it. still terrible. Okay. Um, but, uh, and like, I was, even with that, I was like, oh, there's like vaguely homophobic things, vaguely sexist things. Like what's up with this Tyler Perry? And then I proceeded to see, I've seen probably, oh, probably like seven or eight more oh, of his I'm movies at this you. point because I just find it so fascinating that he creates these movies for an audience that love them but there is such not even thinly veiled like I mean it, it is it's a, they're offensive they're offensive on every level wow and I wanted to come up with I wanted to talk about it for hours but I'm gonna keep it to five top things about Boomadia too that you okay. need to know um, one is that there is definitely not a script. <laughs> There's probably eight scenes in the entire movie, and I think his approach to doing them is, all right, guys, this is what I need from this scene. Take it and go. And he just lets them kind of, like, talk. Because it really has no structure. There are times where you're just like, what's anyone talking about right now? Like, for example, in the first scene, uh, uh, spoilers abound, by the way, you guys, just so you know. Just so you know. Um, In the first scene, his 18-year-old daughter shows up leaving school and she's a total bitch and she he shows up and greets her at the school like he always does on her birthday and she's looking for the car of course which he didn't buy her but mom shows up his ex-wife with a car and that makes him very upset so they go from that scene to her his birthday party which he's throwing for her at his house and all we're trying to achieve in this scene from what was achieved is how upset he is about mom buying this car. Okay. This scene goes on for anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes. Stop. Where all he's doing is walking from to talking to one of his friends to the room full of all the people that he's pretty much playing as old people. He plays Medea. Right. He plays the father Medea, the male Medea, and he, there's two other women that play old people. And all they do is talk about well, how are you going to let her her do that? Just get a car like that. Well, what am I supposed to do? You got to put your foot down. What? How am I supposed to do that? You got to tell her she can't do that. Well, how do I do that? I'm not kidding you. That's how a scene would go. It would just be like talking and talking and talking about oh how he God. was going to tell his daughter and or ex-wife that the car was not going to be kept. So that's one thing. Um, he, there, he so hates resolving plot points that there was a three-minute scene where Medea was fighting with one of her friends about going to the bathroom alone. Three minutes. Three minutes? Three minutes of just watching them go, you're going to go to that bathroom. You go to that bathroom. I can't go to the bathroom. I can't go to the bathroom by myself. Go to the bathroom. I'm not going with you. Like, imagine three minutes of that. Oh, my God. Um, How long is the movie? It was like an hour and 40 minutes. Oof. Yeah, it was hefty. Um, number two, it's got a message. Boomadia 2 has like a message at the end. And what is that? That you shouldn't have sex before the age of 18, kind of, and, or even at 18. She was 18 at this point. And you should be more respectful of your father. Um, it turns out that Medea and, like, not Medea, sorry, Tyler Perry, who plays the father, has set up this whole like murderous premise that he, they're chasing the kids around. He did all that. To prove to them, you need to be more respectful of your elders. Oh, God. He did it in, like, less than six hours, too. Somehow you organized all the this, like, murderous rampage. Do people actually die? No one dies. Oh, they okay. make it look like no one, like someone dies, but no one dies. Okay. Because Tyler Perry was in on all of it. 
Number three, Tyler Perry, and this is something I've learned from all of his movies, loves a really, really beefy, muscular, shirtless man. Oh, yeah. He has so many. In this movie, only had one, but it was such a like gratuitous scene where this like doofy guy in a Halloween costume, the girl makes him like take his clothes off. And it's just so Tyler Perry could be like, all right, take your shirt off. Slower, slower. Milk it. Milk all it. right. All, all right, right. We're right. getting it. We're, we're going to do that one we're more gonna time. We're going to try it again. <laughs> try it again. We're going to try it again. Let me come over here. I have me, some notes. Yeah. Um, number four, Tyler Perry hates women. Um, <laughs> so one of the senior citizens, the older senior citizen who Tyler Perry also plays, the right. male, and because he's an old man, he can't be blamed for the things that come out of his mouth. Oh, no. And so because that's the case, he says probably 20 things that made me want to like run out of the theater, which I never did. Um, but one of my favorite was there's the two women in the back, the other women that play the old people, um, don't want to let in the hot white girl who's trying to escape the killer. Mm-hmm. And he goes, leave it to the fat women to not let the hot one in. <laughs> just uh. not even a joke. Just a really awful thing to say. Why does Oprah love him? I don't know. Maybe he's got dirt on her, too. Ugh. Leave it to the fat women to keep the hot women away. That's a line in that movie. Jeez Louise. And number five is that Tito Ortiz is the worst actor in the history of film. He plays... Uh, do you know what Tito Ortiz is? I sure do. He plays Tyler Perry's best friend, who's also a father of one of the girls. And he cannot get through a line without, like, smiling so hard that he got the line out. Oh. And his daughter in it is like all the women in it are very attractive too. Uh-huh. And his daughter is like a nubile eighteen year old girl. So Tito can't stop talking to her as though he's talking to a eighteen year old girl that he thinks is hot. Oh and no! And she's playing his daughter. Oh no! And it's very very disturbing. Um, oh god! The last thing I'll say about this is that I halfway through the movie we were at the Grove and I was like, I'm gonna need another drink. So I told my friend John that, and he said he didn't want one. So I go out to the lobby, and as I'm walking back in, he's walking out of the theater. And I was like, where are you going? He's like, I thought you were done. I thought we were just going to have a drink out here. And I was like, you actually just thought I walked out of that movie. And just left And you? just said, good luck. <laughs> and I was like, that's telling of a Tyler Perry movie that, like, you could feel that way. That yeah. I just completely, I was like, no, go get a drink, and we're going back in. Yeah. <laughs> Nut up. Oh, God. We're going to get through this. <laughs> Tyler Perry 2, Boomadia Part 3. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> well, that sounded like... I, I feel like I never need to see a Tyler Perry movie. No, if that, then I Not did my I job ever... wrong. You should want to see how terrible oh, it can get. Maybe. I don't know. I feel like I have to be very drunk oh, and yeah. then I won't remember Duh. it anyway. Yeah, there you go. So my first flip wig is a show called Smilf. Oh. Have you heard of this? I saw signs for it around town that they're filming, but I didn't know what it was. Yeah, it's... Um, so this woman, Frankie Shaw... She wrote a short um, and produced a short that went to Sundance and did very well, and that's how this show came to be. Um, She's been around for a while, but she wrote, directed, and starred in it. She's great. It's it's very funny. There's one... I'm not going to give anything away, but there's one scene that I'm kind of not on board with. Did you say what network this is on? It's on Showtime, Showtime. but you can watch it on YouTube. Okay. Um, But... Is it single mom? Are we talking about? Yeah. Okay. And it's really interesting. Like how I just edited myself. I know. For the first like, time oh my ever. god, I can't say this on the fuckity fuck 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 fuck. fuck. Um, but I have to say, Rosie O'Donnell is in it. Oh. And she is incredible. Um. Okay. She plays uh Frankie's mom, 
they live in Southie Boston. Oh, I'm in. And she is, you have to watch it. Okay. She's so good. She made me laugh so much. Um, there are some uncomfortable scenes. I'm going to say that. But for the most part, I am 100% on board. Okay. Yeah. All right. And it's on YouTube, just the pilot? Yes. So I'm going to have to get Showtime to watch it? Yes. Well, don't, I can't do that. Well, so watch the pilot. It's very good. I'm trying to figure out how I could get Showtime. You can do it on Amazon. You can add on a subscription through Amazon. Oh, can you? Yeah. I might have to do that. Um, my next flip wig goes out to a movie I watched this weekend, a throwback mm-hmm. that I had not seen since the theater in the 90s. I think it's when it came out. But The Craft. I love The Craft. The Craft holds the fuck I was wanting up. to watch it this week because I'm writing a witch thing. It's really fun. And... My insane statement is that Feruza Balk should have at least gotten a Golden Globe nomination for it. You think so? She's really good in it. What she's happened doing to a, her? I don't know, but she's doing a lot in that movie that I'm like, there's some, speaking of nuance, Yeah, she's doing a lot in that. Oh, I need to rewatch it. Is Every, it on Netflix? It was not, but if you do a, <laughs> this is a secret for everybody, it's on <laughs> full screen and you can add a full screen subscription through Amazon as well. For seven days, you can get a free trial, okay. watch it, and then check off because awesome. I don't know what else is on full screen. Yeah. But. Yeah, it's just fun. It was a really good time. I, I remembered it fondly. It had some good, like, there's a little bit, I would love to talk about talk to you about it afterwards where I'm like, mm, I think this would be made differently now with mm-hmm. the ending because there's like a douchebag guy in it and I, don't, I think he kind of gets off too easy. Okay. But um, yeah, yeah, it's fun. I need to watch it again. I remember loving it when I was younger and that's one of the few movies I did see in my formative years. Yay. Yeah. Um, that and Jawbreaker. Although everybody says Jawbreaker was a ripoff of Heather's. I didn't get Jawbreakers the first time around, or Jawbreaker. I feel like uh, a lot of people love it now. Nick yeah, Bryan loves it. And I loved I don't it. Really, maybe I should try again. Maybe. I don't remember why I loved it. I just remember it being so subversive and dark. I'm like, I want this. Mm-hmm. So my second flippity floppity floop is Stranger Things Season 2. Okay. Tell not, me about it. I'm not going to give any spoilers. Um... But I've made it to episode eight. I have not watched episode eight yet. Um, I will say the first two episodes are pretty slow. So much so that Josh threatened to be off board and I was going to watch it by myself. And I said, fine, I will watch it by myself. (laughs) And then he flipped his tune. Changed his tune, flipped his tune, you know. And we're not drinking, by the way. We're not. Guys. We are having, we're having homemade kombucha. kombucha. Um, so he flipped his tune and we watched four episodes, five episodes last night. Good Lord. True story. It gets good. There's, a, I mean, it's not. You know how I feel. I'm not watching it unless like people, I know you're raving about right now, but I don't like I, after coming out, just knowing if I came out of season one and I do not remember anything outside of certain things like very, but I'm not like what happens next. I left that being like, that was a well-told story and I'm done with these people. Should I come back to a show where I feel like I've been told that story? I mean, it's up to you. If you didn't love it, then I don't think it's worth your time, but I really enjoyed it. It's a genre that I like. There are, there's a bit of it that, and everybody has this, this criticism for that show, which is how much is, an homage and how much sure. is a ripoff. Yeah. And that doesn't bother me. I mean, they're, they're really playing on people's melancholy and, you know, throwing back to, but it's well done. You it know? is. Like if it's well done, that's, Absolutely. that style was what, what drew me to the show in the first place. What lost me was that I felt like every week was kind of like a cock tease that never really paid off. 
I don't think that that's the problem this time. Okay. I will say that Eleven is separate from the core group a lot, uh-huh. which um, I'm not really enjoying. I like it when they're all together, but um, I don't know. We'll see. I still have two more episodes to go. But She has been everywhere lately. Yeah. Millie Bobby Brown? Yeah, I want to punch her in the face a little Why? bit. Why? I don't know. People Just, say I look like her. Oh, well, maybe that's it. Could be. Um, or she looks like me. I'm older. <laughs> Not to brag, but I'm older. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, I say if you enjoyed season one, you'll enjoy season two. Just get past the first two episodes because they are kind of slow. Okay. Um, I just have two more quickies. Same Z's. Um, one is that we're seeing Kesha tomorrow night. Wednesday oh. night. <laughs> well, no, tomorrow night because it's coming tomorrow. Oh, right. Yeah. You almost gave me a heart attack. I was like, that's Josh's birthday. <laughs> um, yay. We're I can't wait. Kesha in yeah. concert, and I'm so freaking excited. I've been listening to the album a lot. And as I I've gone back album. to the al- album, I do love it. But there's a few songs in the middle there that like verge more on the punky side of her, which I, I read the Rolling Stone interview with her, with her, which you should read. It's great. And I love that she's true to her rock and roll roots, but mm-hmm. it doesn't. Do it for Doesn't you. Do it for me. There's a couple that I don't like that much either. Um, but the ones that do, I mean, like hearing her sing, praying, mm-hmm. and rainbow, and woman. woman live, that'll just be three ready to go. Yeah, well, we'll and die. if you live in LA, I got to tell you, Lindsay and I got our tickets. We bought way, we, they were sold out. And um, so we were like, we're getting them, we're buying them, we're putting our money in. And we ended up spending like 100 bucks each on these tickets. But right now, they have dropped considerably. They're down to 63 right oh, now. Oh, damn. Get on that, guys. So if you're in L.A., I think this is going to be one of those magical once-in-a-lifetime shows to see her at this moment. She's really come through. Reading the Rolling Stone, uh, she's a Rolling Stone cover interview. She's come through some stuff. Yeah. And she just... Really has shined, I think, through it all, and um, I'm very happy to be there to support her in this next Same. And chapter it's a small of her venue, life. Which is yeah. really exciting. Yeah. So get on StubHub. Join us. It's, won't a, you? it's a stand-up concert. You don't yeah. have a chair, but I think it'll be worth it. <laughs> We're gonna be dancing. Yeah. I'll wear flats. Okay, my <laughs> little. Not at all, <laughs> guys. I'll tell you my whole outfit. <laughs> You know, it's it's very tasteful. Next wig, please. <laughs> really into Peter Pan <laughs> colors right now. So RuPaul's Drag, Drag Race All-Stars 3? Yeah. We have not talked about the special. We haven't, no. Um, so I just wanted to say, if you haven't watched the special, which aired on VH1 a week and a half ago, um, it was so good. So good. It was so good. They did packages for every queen. Um, they're, they're waiting to reveal one, because that's like the twist or whatever. Um, but it's such a great... Uh, special. I enjoyed it so much. Chi Chi Devane is the most adorable human being She's alive. So cute. Um, and I mean, Trixie. Trixie is gonna win it. She's just gonna win it. It's hard not to see how that doesn't happen. Yeah. I watched a YouTube of somebody that filmed her just dragging queen after queen after queen mm-hmm. for like five minutes, and it made me just laugh so hard. Yeah, she's, she's so, so funny. good. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. I, my one critique is VH1, give us a fucking air date. Cause if I hear uh-uh. coming this winter, winter one more time, yeah. go fuck yourself. Yeah. I need an air date. Why aren't you providing one for me right now? Yeah. No, I'm not okay with that. No. Cause winter, no, I know it's going to be in January. Just say January. You don't even have to say a date. Just Although say the month. it would month. be a cute promotion. They're not doing it, but their promotional campaign should be winter is coming and it's all the Queens and like black and white and gray. Oh, Paul. So That's good. a freebie. VH1. Take, Take that. It. Um, yeah, we're super excited for that one. Yeah, it's going to be great. 
Uh, my last wig goes out to a pup named Ace. Ace is a Jacksonville canine officer Aww. who has now been given a bullet and stab protective vest to keep him safe as he patrols the streets. And the vest has the sentiment on it. And I don't know the story behind it, but it says in the memory of canine Thai, California Aww. City Police Department. And the reason I bring this up is it's a organization I knew nothing about called Vested Interest in Canines, Inc. And they're a nonprofit that was founded in 2009 to assist law enforcement agencies with life-saving body armor for dogs. Aww. The vest costs $950 each, but they completely protect the pups from, from bullets and knives. And um, there's been 2,600 of them that have been made and sent out nationwide so far through private and corporate donations um, that have come in over $2.1 million. And I just think... It's just a nice thing That's to hear so about nice. that we're yeah. protecting the pups from from bullets and they're out I there. Hug him. I know, and he's so cute. I did take a screen grab of him because I think we should put it up on the Insta, but I'll show it to you right oh, now. Oh, he's such a hands-on baby. <laughs> I look at your boy. He's so Let proud of the, the work he does. <gasps> he's so handsome. Isn't he handsome? He's so proud of him. And look oh, at his vest. I love his vest. So Ace, good luck out there in the streets. Thanks for keeping him safe. Yeah. Don't and, get stabbed. Um, or if yeah. you do, you're protected now. Yeah, but don't get stabbed anyway. No, don't. That's it for me. I got one real quick quickie. Um, you know, we're having some gray days now. And to me, gray days mean an album that you can just sit down and have a nice cry to. Um, <laughs> I like that. You know, I'm just like, <laughs> I want to cuddle up in a blanket and have a nice cry. But <laughs> in a way that doesn't feel super sad, just kind of sad. Sure. Um, and that album is Julian Baker's newest uh, called, oh, fuck, what's it called? I Turn Out the Lights. Her first album was um, called Sprained Ankle from 2015. She's like an indie. I don't know her. She's got a very ethereal voice. It's very. Sarah, Sarah-esque. A little Sarah-esque, but more low-key than that. Wow. You know? I know. <laughs> That's pretty low-key. It can be kind of snoozy, but at the same time, if you I listen to her. Her lyrics and just like, oh, I, I understand you and where you are right now. And please just wrap me up in your little angel voice. Um, so, yeah, if you've never heard her, I suggest a listen. It's a nice just indie indie rock situation. I talking about it. I know. I was listening to it while I was working today. I was like, this is probably a bad idea. Uh, I didn't cry, but I almost did. If I could have just wrapped myself in a blanket and had a nice good cry, I would have done it. I yeah. love a good cry. Love it. Well, on that note, <laughs> happy Halloween, you guys. I hope it's super spooky. Halloween! <laughs> that didn't get me that yeah, time. I didn't get you. Um, I hope that you have a clever costume if you so wish. And if you don't, then live your best life. Continue wearing the costume of happiness that we're all wearing in these dark days. Such a facade. <laughs> um, no, have fun out there. Be it, safe. Remember that we are at wigsandweiss at gmail.com. That is wigs, the word, and weiss, W-I-C-E, at gmail.com. Send us your troll patrol, patrol dispatches. Anything you want to say to us, any questions any you questions. might have, um, we'd love to hear from you. Also, um, Instagram is Wigs and Weiss. And uh, our website is wigsandweiss.com, which is where you'll find the playlist I mentioned earlier. And it's a jammer, but it's also a little moody too. So hopefully it'll... I love a moody, as yeah. you might have it's a fall mix. what I just said. As I said, it's fall and the world's on fire, so we need to be a little moodier. But thanks for listening, and we will chat with you guys soon. Bye, Wigs. Bye, Wigs.
castle always called upon his guests to tell him ghostly tales of Halloween. And Brown knew there was no more firm, potent believer in spooks and goblins than Ichabod Crane. Just gather round and I'll elucidate on what goes on outside when it gets late. Long about midnight, the ghosts and banshees, they get together for their nightly jamboree. There's things with horns and saucer eyes, some with fangs about this size. Some are fat and some are thin. And some don't even wear their skin. Oh, I'm telling you, brother, it's a frightful sight to see what goes on Halloween night. When spooks have a midnight jamboree, they break it up with English glee. Ghosts are bad, but the one that's cursed is the headless horseman. He's the worst. That's why he's a kind on Halloween night. But when he goes jogging across the land, Holding noggin in his hand Demons take one look and groan And hit the road for parts unknown Beware, take care, he rides along And there's no spook like spooked spurs They don't like him and he's really burnt He swears to the longest day he's dead He'll show them that he can get ahead They say he's tired of his flaming top He's got a yen to make the swap, so he rides one night each year to find a head in the hollow here. Now he likes them little, he likes them big, or in the middle, or awake, black or white or even red. The headless horseman, he's ahead with, with a hip, hip and a clippity-clop. He's out looking for a top-chop. Don't stop to figure out a plan You can't reason with a headless man